Jay's Spit Down Podcast. I'm your host, Jade, and we're back here with a special edition of the uh, Coach's Corner. I'm here with Coach Jared Laws of Central High School in Macon. He is joining us on the show tonight, so we appreciate him. Thank you for coming on, Coach. Appreciate you inviting me, man. Love to talk ball and love talking kids. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, Coach, uh, yeah, you've been around a little bit of coaching. You've been at uh, Salem High School. You've been at Griffin, Mount Zion. You're the athletic director at Charles R. Drew. So, you moved around and now you come over to Central. Uh, I think this is, you just wrapped up your first year there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, talk about that. And, you know, it didn't go the way you guys wanted it to, but can you just sum up the season, basically? Well, Central was an interesting challenge for me because um, I have this thing. I don't know whether I'm a masochist or what, but I love programs that find themselves struggling a little bit because those are the kids and and, and, and administrations and communities that are desperate to do things the right way because they want to find a way to win. So I love being a part of those programs in Central. When I saw it, it intrigued me because when, when you look, it's been a long time since they had sustained success. And for me, I'm always looking to do something that's bigger than just football. I like working in places where if you are able to generate success there, it has an overall effect on the school culture. It can change the community around it. And Central is a neighborhood school and it's got a big alumni. There's a, a, a huge support base here and they they, there's a real big desire that I found for 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 someone to develop some success. So this first year that I was down here, the big thing I really concentrated on more than anything else was the the, the changing of the culture, just learning to do things the right way. How do you get ready and prepare yourself to be a good football player, to be a good student in the classroom, to be good in the community? And if you really want to get to the point where your X's and O's get good, because most of us as coaches, we real, we're going to be real big on being detail-oriented. You can't expect that if you've not put a foundational base down for that. And when the kids and everybody's not used to having to pay attention to small details, there's no way you're going to get them to understand how to take a six-inch step or how to get their hands in the right place or how to focus their eyes and read the keys and different things like that if they don't know the simplicity of making themselves prepared to do the right thing every day. So this past year, uh, it really wasn't about wins and losses. Of course, you're competitive, so you want to win every Friday night. But it, the big thing with me was making sure we understand how to walk right, how to talk right, how to sit in front of our classes, how to clean up our locker room, how to say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, how to dress correctly in your uniform. Just the overall process of doing things the right way, which in I, it's like a three-part deal. You deal. My first year, I always believe in dealing in the what. So this year was a what year. Now we're moving into the, the why and how. So wins and losses, you know, only winning one game last year was pretty tough, but I'm pleased with the process of our kids getting better and learning how to do things the right way and why they're doing it. So I'm excited about where we're going. Absolutely, Coach. Yeah, you talk about the process, you know, not so much the, the results, but, you know, making sure that we're improving in, in lots of different aspects on the field, off the field. That's huge, you know, especially – you know, and with these kids and now and helping them, you know, develop their character, you know, as they grow into be older men. So um, I completely get it. I mean, if it, it was it was four years ago, but it feels like it was just yesterday where I was playing um, high school football. Um, and I kind of remember that, too. Yeah, just 
developing those habits, you know, take it to the classroom and at home and, you know, and uh, not just on the field, but, you know, in those other places too. So um, definitely. But Coach, talk about some players that, you know, uh, stood out to you this year, uh, you and your coaching staff that kind of impressed you guys and that you're looking forward to seeing what they can do on the field next year. Absolutely. I think at the top of the, the, the list, I've got a linebacker that's going into his senior year by the name of Nike Walker. And um, he was an interesting find. When I first got here, he was uh, mixed up playing a little bit of three technique, playing a little bit of five technique. But you could see the quickness and the burst in him. And he just seemed like his first step was just phenomenal. And you would see him like most folks are looking at the play. I'm looking at him pre-play and I'm looking at him post-play when I'm looking at that previous tape and you can see him. He was a person that you see him pointing, telling somebody how to line up, moving a guy in the right place. You can tell after plays, he's helping guys up. He's walking over. He's getting his guys together in the huddle. He's the face that's looking at the sideline, getting the call and things of that nature. I'm like, well, that looks like a linebacker to me because he looks like he's going to be the one to garner everything together and get these guys rallied up. So um, this past season, he uh, was an all-region two uh, AA selection. Um, he actually won the Making Touchdown Club Defensive Player of the Week one week. And uh, he was our leading tackler, uh, our leading tackler for loss. And um, he's just got a lot of moxie about him, and he's hungry to learn the game. A lot of kids don't want to get into the, 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 the minutia of, you know, why the, the 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 chess part of football and he likes that so that's one kid i'm excited about on the defensive side of the ball um we've got another kid that i think is going to be pretty good i've got a defensive back that's named stefan bryant he's going into his junior year and again another interesting find uh he was playing like an outside linebacker and he had uh like i don't know number 43 or 44 on and i was looking and it was like he, the, the jersey was kind of big on him so i was like that's awkward, but he was a six-foot kid that could really run, and you would see him from sideline to sideline trying to play in the in, in the mate in the mop-up time from the previous season. And I was like, man, when does this kid run track? So I went and looked, and I saw him um, on the track running around when I first got here because I got here uh, last February, and um, the kid had a good stride. He had good change of direction, and you know, forward thinking about how could I help this kid in the best way, and how can he help us. I was like, you know, he probably is going to be an average to below average linebacker at the high school level, but his frame and his skill set, I think that's a Division One defensive back. So we spent a lot of time training him on how to play corner, and he led us um, in pass deflections this year, pass uh, interceptions. Um, he was our third leading tackler, and uh, another kid that 3.0 plus GPA, you know, you could tell there was something there, and um, those two are going to, I think, leading into the, def the defensive part of what we're doing next year, I think those two are going to have a chance to be really good. On the offensive side of the ball, I had a baby quarterback from a 10th grader um, named Justin Relaford. And Justin was a second-team all-region player this year, but he was so raw. Saw him on the baseball field, and you talk about a kid that's about 6'3", 6'4". Uh, skinny as a broom, though. He's about 165, 170. But... Um, the kid was very tough on the baseball field. He had a good release with the ball. Hadn't played football since about the seventh or eighth grade. He was uh, playing baseball and uh, beating the beating the bass drum in the band. <laughs> but, but you know, six four is six four, no matter where you go around the world. So I'm looking. I'm like, well, I think I'm gonna take a chance on this kid. See if I can talk him into playing some ball because he had an older brother that was a pretty good football player here in the past. 
So we kind of sweet talked him, and uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a quarterbacks coach here that's uh, one of the best players ever to play here, by a guy by the name of Derek Evans, who was once the Megan Touchdown Club Player of the Year. And I, 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 I told Derek, hey, that's the fish we got to catch. Go get him. So Derek managed to get him out, and, you know, every week he got progressively better. And the thing that I liked about him last year is the two things. He had the best ability, which is availability. You're talking about a kid that uh, – you know, we're, we're, we're struggling a little bit, so the, the, our protections are breaking down. So he took a couple of shots. But that joker was jumping back up every play with a great attitude. So I can fight with that. And every week you saw him progressively get a little better, starting to understand what we're trying to do. And he started asking the right questions. Well, Coach, if he's running the route here, why is he doing that? So he was interested in learning the game. So I was really excited about that. He, he, he's going to have a chance to be really, really good. And we also have a... Um, an offensive tackle named Ronald Smith. He's going to um, play my quick tackle for me this year. And uh, last year was his first year starting. The year before, he had an injury that prevented him from playing. I think he had a separated shoulder or something. But he was a kid that was in the weight room working. And uh, he bring, he's about 6'2", a little undersized, about 220, 225. So we got to feed him a little bit. But he's that personality where he doesn't say much. But, you know, he was involved in the Student Government Association um he was one of our top scholars in our in our academic program uh our magnet academic program um comes from a strong family mother's an educator dad was a great football player in the past in macon and um had a desire to want to really play the game so we put him at left tackle and you know he had great footwork and i've just got this belief with linemen that if you look up and you see big legs and skinny ankles they're gonna be pretty good so he had it and um he just had a, a quiet leadership capability where looking at him, he was a good foundational piece to build upon. We've got some other kids, a uh, guy named E.J. Avant from Florida that's going to be toting the football a little bit. And, you know, we got a couple other linebackers that are working good. But overall, I think those four are probably our strongest guys going into the season that could provide us with the leadership and performance that we need to get better. Absolutely, Coach. Yeah. Um, so talk about – uh, you know, your offense and your defensive philosophies, what do you guys like to do? Like, you know, every team has their identity. You know, some teams like offensively, hey, you know, we're going to pound the ball down your throat a lot. Some teams are we're spread. And so what what do you guys like to do offensively, defensively? That What, what would you say is your, your identity there? Um, well, defensively, we try and operate out of more of a multiple safety 425 look. Um, it's a hybrid because we have to make some changes. You know, we, we, we change it, we have to toggle with it a little bit because the skill set of the kids sometimes doesn't necessarily match up with what we want to do. So we try and toggle it a little bit to match our kids and what they can do. But we like to be able to be multiple on defense, um, but we do operate out of a two shell because I just feel like it, when you present someone with a two shell, two could be anything. So with a lot of these smart quarterbacks out here that's been playing seven on seven all summer, you can't just line up one high and let them pick you to death unless you got some guys out there that's uh, like that Louis luggage that uh, Coach Prime talk about. <laughs> but uh, for the rest of us, we got to figure out a way to get it. So we try and be multiple out of that. And um, offensively, we we are more of an 11 personnel multiple team uh, operating primarily 90% of the time out of the shotgun. And we, we, we basically go off a count system. You know, we're trying to count safety. If we got two high, we're trying to do something different versus if they have one high versus if we're getting pressure. And uh, the one consistent thing that we do that has followed me everywhere I went is we're going to be no huddle. 
and we're going to try and variate the tempos. We're going to try and we got to slow it down a little bit. We'll slow it down. But if we've got to speed it up, we're going to try and get it going. And I like to try and make sure that we run at a minimum 70 to 75 plays a game because I just feel like the more times you take a shot at it, the percentages go up that something good is going to happen. And now we're getting to the point where we're going to tweak, tweak it a little bit this spring to try and see what matches us the best. But um, the ultimate goal is to try and stretch them as much as we can across the field and try and use as much space as we can and not put pressure on the kids to have to make perfect plays, but just give perfect effort so that when it comes down to the one-on-one time, if you're doing things the right way, you can get to our golden rule, which is get four yards. And as long as we got four yards, every time we keep that clock running, we get a chance to uh, have a shot in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of the philosophy we go after. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about um... – you know, defensively, we're talking about how matching what you guys are doing to your player skill set. And football is, you know, a game where if you let it, you can you you can let yourself try to you know out scheme and out coach beyond what your players can do. So talk about as a coach uh, the importance of not doing that and you know drawing up your plays, your schemes, you know your your system to where it matches your player's skill set and not so much you know you want to you because know, a lot of coaches like to you know, out, out scheme and try out scheme with a coach and they try to you know, make the game more complicated than it needs to be. Talk about the importance of not doing that. Well, it goes back to this quote I saw um, when I first started coaching back in the late 90s. Um, Bill Walsh used to call it paralysis by analysis. You'll get these kids and they start trying to see so many things and their heads start spinning. And what we have to recognize as adults is for us, it's our profession. So we're constantly thinking about the game. You know, I mean, you're driving down the road, you think about the game, you're sitting with your wife having dinner, you pull a napkin out, you're sort of scribbling up a look. You're watching the game on TV, you're like, okay, oh, no, no, man, we can do that. We can turn that into an RPO and all this stuff here. These kids is worried about school. They got girlfriends they're thinking about. Mama told them to take out the garbage. They're trying to pick out their favorite outfit. And it ain't, it ain't in their head the way it's in our head. So with me, I've always tried to make sure that whatever we're doing matches the, the, the engagement level of our kids. Now, there is no negotiating when we get together and do the work. If it's practice time or if it's lifting time or whatever we're doing, we're not going to negotiate that time. But you got to make sure that you're giving them some teams, you know, they want to play book this thick and they want to have a thousand and one answers. That's what they want. That's what you give it. That's what you give them. But I think coming into a job like with me just getting here and really just really getting my feet wet after this first year, I'm still in the process of evolving some things that we're doing to match what our kids can do. You know, I can't sit up and say that, uh, oh, man, we should be air raid and you got two receivers and one of them runs a 5-5-40 and the other one's got hands that are like clubs. It makes no sense, even though that's what's jamming in your head. Because at the end of the day, I think as a coach, it is not, and, and we all we all know this. It's not about how much we know. It's about how much our kids know. And I tell my kids all the time, I ain't no smarter of a coach than anybody that I'm facing against that sideline. My job is not to be the smartest coach. My job is to make sure that you are the smartest players. And if I can make sure that from a chess game piece, if our pawn is a little bit sharper than their pawn, then we're going to have a chance in the fourth quarter to win a football game. And so everything we do, we just sort of, you know, from day to day, we meet, we talk, you know, based on conversations, what you do and do not understand, we'll make a change here or there. And then for me, around 
right before spring break, I kind of lock into what we're going to do so we can start getting into the real deep part of installing and getting that spring basil level ready. So when we roll into the summer, we've got a foundation to build on. So we're still in the process of that. I just finished up a meeting with uh, with a few kids from the offensive side of the ball. And we were just, you know, having conversations about philosophy, looking at personnel and trying to figure out why would someone line up in this personnel. And, you know, you have to break it down to their language. If you were playing Madden and that guy was lined up, you saw two backs in the backfield and two tight ends. What do you think he's going to do? Is he running? Is he passing? You know, if you look over there and, and, and dude hit the button for the blitz, that guy's walking up. Do you think he's really coming based on the numbers? If you see six people behind him, do you think he's coming or do you think he's not? Just getting them to think about the game and, and aspects of where they would understand it. And and I would say this, wrapping up that question, in today's society with our kids, there's so much information available to them and so many things that they can get into, so many ways that they can get their attention. I mean, I've been told by several people that uh, a kid's attention span when you're having a conversation about seven seconds. After that, you've got to change the subject or you're going to lose them. So from a playbook standpoint, it's got to be things that jam in their head, things that they're interested in that they've seen, even so much to the nomenclature. You know, your language has got to match some stuff that they like. So I spend time letting kids name the plays. Tell me something you don't remember so we can sort of match it up to what you can function in. And as coaches, as long as we're doing it that way, I think we can keep kids interested in the game today because we want to make sure that for whomever gave us the game and gave us a chance to perform and enjoy it and turned us into the people that we are who still love the game today, it's our responsibility to pass that down to the next group. Otherwise, the game that we love would end up dying, and we, got, we can't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just think about, like, coaches, you know, you can have a big old playbook and your play card, whatever, play sheet, all this stuff, and all these different formations, but if your kids can't, if they can't understand it, they can't go out and do it, then it's like, what well, you know, you have to make it to where it's, where they're able to, where they're able to go out and execute, you know? And so if it's, if it's too complicated, they can't understand. Come on. I mean, this is me. Like, you know, I mean, from a forward player, like I, we, we ran like power counter jet sweep. I mean, we stayed, you know, very, we had a philosophy that we stuck with. We, the language was easy for us to remember, you know, we, it was repetition practice all the time. So it's like, it wasn't, our coach wasn't, you know, doing all these different looks and stuff like that. Like, you know, you have to match what your players can do. So, um, yeah. Sure. So, uh, but moving on to the next question, Coach. So I don't know if you heard about this, but so the former USFL president, um, Brian Woods, so he last summer proposed this, uh, a high school football league. Um, so what they're doing is it's going to start in uh, May of this year through, um, or sorry, April 19th through May 24th. And they'll have teams in Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Plus other places, giving high school kids a chance, or primarily sophomores and juniors, a chance to, you know, showcase themselves to different colleges, things like that. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. What do you think about that? You know, I saw something in social media about that a while back, and I just saw, sort of saw it in passing. I think it's like a two-edged sword. On one hand, I've always believed. Um, I mean. And by nature, we should be free to seek what we desire and make ourselves into the best version of ourselves as possible. So I think in a free market, no different than having a free market economy. You know, these if, if you've got kids that want to expose themselves and get opportunities to do certain things to try and elevate their status and 
garner more more support and, 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 and more eyes on what they're doing. I think they should be free to do that. But I will say that I am really big on being a traditionalist in the fact that football is so much bigger than just, you know, trying to get stars and trying to get ratings and who's recruiting you and where you're going to end up. Because I, I think it's sort of, it, it, I've been doing this long enough to where I see the back end of it, the four or five star kid that had the experience in college and for those, for every one of those that everything went right with them, the ones that didn't get the process correct and you see them at 25, 26, 27 years old and they're not adjusting well to life after football because everything was wrapped around the attention that they were getting and what was coming from it. Um, I'm driving to work today. And I heard on the radio, David Pollock, the former um, UGA linebacker, has this where he was talking about, um, and I can't remember for verbatim, but he was saying, don't wrap yourself up in your job, who you are, you know, wrap yourself up in something bigger than that. And I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we don't press these kids into making that image all about the stars that you have or what school you're playing at, because if we do, we could find ourselves destroying this game. I'm originally from Florida, and in Florida, they've come up with a system now where they're starting to go to different divisions where you have these super teams playing against each other and these rural teams playing against each other and things of that nature. And I think it almost takes away the, the experience of, hey, my ninth grade year, we struggled. My 10th grade year, we got a little better. My 11th grade year, we worked together. My 12th grade year, we overcame something. I think it would really be detrimental to certain coaches if you've got that kid you've had from the 7th and 8th grade, he gets in the ninth grade, you work him out in the 10th grade, he gets a little better, and you're having relationships with him that are deeper than just football. Then all of a sudden, he comes and gets plucked and put on a super team, and God forbid, as he's doing that, something happens from a physical standpoint where he gets an injury or from a mental standpoint where he says, hey, coach, I love you, I appreciate you, but I got to take my talent to South Beach. You know, what does that do to all his teammates that were dependent on him to help them? Because I've been a part of teams where you had that one or two kids on your thinking that were the stars, but when they came to recruit them, there was that kid in the back who nobody knew about that got a chance to get on film and got his scholarship opportunity based upon riding the coattails of his teammate. And what I fear is this new league that they're creating is going to change the dynamics and focus of what our kids could learn from this game and being teammates. So it's a two-edged sword, but I would say for me, I would say 75, 25% I lean towards staying traditional, letting the high school experience be a true high school experience. Because even in college now, we're moving away from pure college football. We're moving into NILs and things of that so at some point, the game has got to remain pure. And I don't want the last time that a kid plays a pure game to be at the Pop Warner level because there, there's something special about Friday nights and being underneath those lights. If it wasn't, none of us would be as engaged in it as we are. Well said, you know, and I think it's, it's just, uh, like you said, you know, it's a two-way street. You know, it could go, I mean, yes, a good way to, you know, get, you know, promote yourself and, you know, uh, get – potential opportunities at scholarships and things like that. But at the same time, you know, I mean, if I, if this was around like a few years ago when I was playing, then I would, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, you know, I don't think I would do it because, you know, for one, it's during the spring 
you know, it's from April 19th. Like, that's around the time where spring practice is going on and stuff like that. And it's like, you you know, it's, it's taken away from, from what you already have going on at your school, you know, and stuff like that. And like you say, it's, your focus is in the wrong place. You're worried about, get, you know, six weeks doing that league and trying, you know, doing all that stuff. And it's like, okay, what about, you know, working with your own team and getting better and getting ready for yeah. practice and ready for the summer. And so that's like, to me, that's how I go. I don't, I personally not too, too big of a fan of it, but yeah. So yeah. one of those type of deals. So, <laughs> but it will be happening. So I'm interested to see how it looks and how it works. It, it, it'll be very interesting. So we live in a different world. <laughs> yeah, we sure do coach. Um, but yeah, I'm like I said, yeah, so that's happening. I wanted to get your opinion on that being a current football coach. And so, um, yeah, coach, uh, thank you again. Uh, that pr- pretty much wraps us up for today's episode. Uh, Jason Fallon, Coach's Corner Edition. Coach Jared Laws of Central High School in Macon there. Um, I, coach, I want to wish you guys a good luck this season. I uh, hope you guys have a great spring and, um, you know, a great summer and, you know, a great season next year. So, um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing me on. And, and, and I'll say this before we go. Not, I, I appreciate what you're doing to make sure that this forum exists to talk about the good things that are going on in high school football. You know, at, right, at, at this point, a lot of it is based around, you know, the, the Under Armour All-American and the U.S. Army All-American game and everybody being here. I think what you're doing is so vital to everybody still having that ground level face-to-face, person-to-person conversation about what's good with the game. So, you know, I, I say that just to tell you that I sincerely appreciate what you're doing and keep putting that foot forward, man, because every time you put forth someone to talk about the good things about this game, we get a chance to grow it the right way over and over. So I appreciate it. Yeah, Coach. Yeah, thank you. And like I said, we appreciate your time and look forward to speaking you with, uh, speaking with you again in the future, uh, for sure, back on the episodes on, on, uh, on the podcast here. So, um You'll definitely be hearing from me um, pretty soon, all right? (laughs) Sounds good. I appreciate everything. Thank you. Of course, Coach. Thank you. Make sure you guys subscribe to our channel here and uh, check us out on the show, and um, we'll see you guys next time.